two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. I feel like last week we were bitching because we're like, oh, I don't want winter to be here, but like I've already written schedules for March and I'm not ready for that either. And I just, I think the long yeah. and short of it is I don't know how to be happy, but I want to be stuck in a time that's like four weeks ago. I always want to be four weeks mm. ago. You know what I mean? Because like okay. four weeks yeah. in the past, there's no surprises for me and I know what everything is and everything is kind of like stable and normal, but then like... Right. Everything to me, you know, two weeks in the future is like, oh, it's scary. But yeah, you know. I I, I think I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It, it, it is this sort of like still kind of weird moment where, yeah, like it's not like just on the face, like all that bad or terrible, but it is just sort of like, okay, let's kind of do something. But then also to your point too, like, Oh, yeah, but then March is in two weeks, and I'm not ready for that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I'm not ready for, like, St. Patrick's Day. No, like... <laughs> no, right, right. And so and so it is. And so I, th- I think it is that sort of time where... Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't really put more words to it. <laughs> other than, uh, yes, I'm also in that spot. I, I'm in a similar kind of spot. Temporal um, <laughs> limbo, I think, is what it is. Like There we go. I feel like we're talking last week, like, can we just have a hurry up and get it over with? But then, like, um, I was listening to fishing the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. The end of February is like, it is cold. The groundhog saw is in shadow. Can we just get on with this? Like, and I think right. really what yeah. it is is Let's February just... is just a bad month. Like, it is. It's it's short. It's weird. It's awkward. You want it to be mm-hmm. spring, but it can't be spring. And, yeah. It does, yeah, sort of feel like a like a holding pattern month yeah uh, yeah something like that i don't yeah i don't know you know maybe maybe something like that but but if ever a person is in that sort of holding pattern and sort of like okay i mean how am i gonna buy my time or how am i gonna get through this these, these couple weeks always a good option is to check in with us here at the two wizards podcast welcome everybody once again great to see you great to have you hear us I suppose is another way to put it. Uh, and I am Josh, and I am a wizard. And I'm Mark, and I am also a wizard. And yeah, here we are. We are back in your ear holes once again. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and we have... Uh, I Honestly, I don't want to... Um, yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn. I don't want to pat myself on the back. But maybe, dare I say, a bit of a special episode... Because uh, this is one where, once again, I am uh, taking charge. I'm I'm the first one into the trenches, as it were. <laughs> and Mark is trailing behind me with his uh, doughboy helmet, and uh, we're 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 scaling all up up and down and over barbed wire. And there's mortar shells blowing off next to us. And I lean back over and be like, "So, Mark, let me tell you about the ancient Greeks." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but before we do that but before we get into like the actual content of what we're discussing as always we have to share what we have um along this journey 
in our wizard's tankards. And Mark, I, I, I gave you some instructions. I gave you some sort of guiding principles here. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really necessarily reveal why. But what are you drinking? Um, I was told to get some wine. And so to that mm. end, when my girlfriend was out and about today, I said, hey, can you get me a bottle of wine? And she goes, what kind? And I said, I think I like Burgundy. So she came back oh, with a okay. Yellowtail Merlot. And I guess that's close enough. Yeah. Yeah, that is close. It is a. They are both red wines. Uh-huh. Uh They are both. They are both dry. Uh, Merlot. I so so yeah. I I do get a little horned up for wine. Do you? Um, I am not a wine guy. I can drink a glass of wine, or I could drink a bottle of wine, and I feel like trash the next day, no matter what. Like that is the one. Yeah, that is the one thing. It does. Uh, it does seem to appear that yeah, wine does lead to like yeah feeling worse the next day no matter what versus like beer you know it's like hey like it's like it's a crapshoot yeah um but yeah like i think wine consistently leads to like bad bad headaches or hangovers and i could even go into like some of the stuff behind that too but um well it's but it's also fitting that you have a red wine because i also have a red wine all right um and this is one of my favorite go-tos it's nothing very fancy or special but I, i i like it it's consistently good uh, and I have with me in my mason jar, uh, <laughs> I have a gnarly head uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. So another okay. red, dry wine. Goes well with steak, um, red sauce, pasta dishes, all that good stuff. So uh, cheer- cheers, buddy. Here's Anya. Cheers, good buddy. Wow, I don't like wine. Oh. <laughs> oh no! It's fine. I'm getting through it. It's okay. It's just I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but I don't know. Well, but but I think even that is part of it too. Because at least when I was like growing up as like a little kid and like watching movies and seeing people drink wine, and I I had in my mind like, oh man, ah, oh, that looks great, and look at how sophisticated and. I bet that's delicious, and then you have it for the first time, and you're like, "Really? That's that's what this tastes like? It doesn't just taste like juice." And then the ones that do taste like juice, like, are even worse somehow. Yeah, we were talking about it today. I, I worked today, and I was talking about it with somebody. I was like, "Do you like wine?" He goes, "Yeah, I like it." Do you? I was like, "I don't really know." And he's like, I "Used to drink Boone's Farm," and then I'd like PTSD flashbacks to playing Boone's Farm Pong, <laughs> Boone's Farm Pong, and I'm just like. Oh, well, tonight's not going to be that bad, right? I'm not going to drink Boone's Farm, No, right? no. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's not going to be that bad. Listeners, join um, us in April when Josh and I drink nothing but Boone's Farm. <laughs> yeah, Boone's Farm. Yeah, month of Boone's Farm. I, well, and I think I've shared this story uh, on another episode. I'm trying to rack my brain and, and remember when that was. Um, but uh, one of my, like, favorite memories of, like, drinking, like, well, well, and not even getting to drink this. That was part of it. But like super cheap wine. We were at a uh, track meet in California. I think it was Mount Mount Sac, Mount San Antonio College, Mount Sac. I think it was <laughs> that one. Mount Sac. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we made that joke all the time. <laughs> um, and yeah, like so, so we flew in like day before the competition and everybody – Wanted to like, you know, get snacks, get like bagels and Gatorade and like bananas and, you know, uh, to like, you know, go, go throughout the track meet. And so we all ended up going to a Walmart and, uh, I saw in the aisles 
uh, a bottle of wine uh, retailing for a dollar and 47 cents. Oh, God. And I was like, and alas, I, I mean, this would have been a hard sell anyway. But but even then, yeah, like it's really hard to like go to a Walmart and buy booze and your track coach is right there like, what are you doing? Why are you buying alcohol before the, this race? No, coach, I swear it's not. It'll be till after. Uh, but also on top of that, I wasn't yet 21. I was still 20. Ah. Um, I think I was even turning 21 like the following month. Oh, geez. So I couldn't quite buy it yet. Yeah. Um, and, and so I was I was trying to like talk to some of my teammates and even my older brother who was on the team. I was like, Jake, can you please, please buy me this bottle of wine that costs a dollar and 47 cents? I bet it still has like whole grapes in it. <laughs> and then Jake was like, of course, he's like, no, brother, I can't. I can't. There are coaches right there. I can't go over and buy alcohol right in front of my coach. It's like, God, God damn it. Um, but yeah, so fortunately, I don't think that's quite the night that we have in store for us recording. Uh, but one day, man, one day, I want to buy that do- that dollar forty seven cent bottle of wine. I got horrendously shit housed on that two buck chuck that they sell at Trader Joe's. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was at a geology conference and they had that, and we were just like, "Well, we got our per diem. Let's do it." Yeah, and you can buy a lot of two buck chuck with your hundred <laughs> bucks for the week, and oh shit. That was is like the on, next so, day so, I was like presenting our like deal and I was just like, and if you look here at this strata, you'll see a very unhappy man. Oh, uh, <laughs> regional deposition by glaciers is over here. Pardon me. I have to deposit in this trash can. Ugh, there's some ejecta. <laughs> That's not entirely what we're after, but it has a flower like consistency. So it's fine. <laughs> like that is honestly what was. So, so yeah, I, so I'm I'm also like kind of sort of getting into that academic conference world because uh, a lot of that got interrupted with this whole COVID thing they got going on. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like talking with some of the other people. I, I did one virtual one where it's just another like Zoom meeting. Uh, and then I did another one in person uh, later. I did an in-person conference. And it is, that is like, sure, of course, you're presenting your work and uh, it's original research and you're getting together with all the blah 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 but no like truly the point of conferences is to yeah drink horrible wine and just shoot the shit with these other people and ah it's so great it's so great i love it (laughs) i'm sad that part of my life is over maybe that part needs to start up again because goddamn yeah yeah, there's like i consistently see um independent scholars and like granted you know this is like artsy fartsy theater and classics stuff um but yeah I, you I'm, I'm sure a person uh meaning you absolutely could do like some original re- research some field work and like shop it around at conferences and be like what up nerds i got my bachelor's degree 10 years ago and here i am pew 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 <laughs> and like yeah that'd be great that'd be awesome this is my presentation on giants it's going to be a five-part podcast series but i'm showing it to you assholes <laughs> now Sir, this is a geology conference. I did not ask for your opinion. I will host questions after I am finished. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, please (laughs) hold all questions until uh, after all the presenters have gone. Maybe if we have some time left. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay, but but uh, uh, but yes, to our topic. To our topic. What what the hell are um, we talking about? I'm not nervous, but I'm 
Maybe I'm a control right. freak. We've 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 we, we, we talked about how we have to switch up our schedule because I'm taking a vacation, listeners, because being a produce right. wizard is tough. But so now Josh mm-hmm. and I are going to shotgun a couple episodes real quick. And um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. It's really weird for me to, like, I spent my days off this week playing just, just Civ. I don't know. Josh, what are we doing? Tell me, buddy. Okay, yes. So uh, uh, I am steering what will be a two-parter. Uh, Your and, first and ever two-parter, of, course, too. First, which, yeah, also the first, my, my first two-parter. And I'm also equally as nervous as that. I was telling you before uh, we started recording, I was like, oh, man, do I do I have enough material? Do I have too much material? Do I have, what's this going to look like? But, you know, I'm, I'm going to trust in the wine. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in what I have. And then we'll just we'll just do it up. So, uh, so yes, I also did want to sort of make note of um, the 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 time of the year we, we did talk about how February is like just sort of a weird month and um, and but, but but one of the one of the notable things of it happens smack dab in the middle and will actually have already uh, passed when these get published but there's a very special thing that happens uh, midway through this month February 14th that of course being St Valentine's Day oh yes. And I'm sure there are many other podcasts that are theming their episodes about like, oh, here's the um, weird murder murder mysteries based on St. Valentine's Day, the St. Valentine's Day massacre, all this other stuff. And so I wanted to, you know, not be a bunch of Johnny-come-latelys yeah. and just copy all that. But I do think there are some territories, some subjects that we can bring our wizardy perspective too and sort of yeah commemorate the thing talk about the thing so we are we're going to talk about kind of saint valentine's day and love stuff and love potions and love curses we're going to talk about a whole bunch of kind of valentine's day lovey-dovey kissy smoochy smoochy stuff oh hell yeah dude i'm in all right and so two wizards falling in love yeah Two wizards falling in love, and it feels so good. Um, Mark, not that we have to dredge up a whole bunch of potentially repressed memories. <laughs> but as we often, I, I always kind of like starting off with like our own just sort of immediate personal reactions to the, to, to the topic. Give us like a brief history of Mark the Wizard and St. Valentine's Day through the years. Like the whole like giving out the little um, like Toy Story Valentines to your classmates or awkward middle school dances. Like, like, like to, oh, give man. us a brief survey. Give us a brief survey. Um, yeah. So I think like every kid in the 90s, I definitely came up at a time where you had to give Valentine's Day Valentines to the class. Um, yeah. I remember one year in fifth grade, I spent hours arranging, um, so I had bought, or my mom had bought, I didn't buy it because I was 10, but my mom bought a bag <laughs> right. of Starburst with the two part, the two little section, they got the two Starbursts in oh, the one yeah. package. And mm-hmm. I sat there with a flashlight and shone the light through the packaging and spent hours, <gasps> like, handcrafting, because oh. in my mind, the hierarchy of Starburst goes pink, orange, and then everything else underneath that is trash. So... 
I would go through and like find the pink ones and the orange ones and give them to people that I liked. But then I remember there's people that I hated. There was this kid named Shane Milhone, and I hated him so much. He got a double yellow, Josh. You better believe. Dominique Cabrera, whose name I still also remember, who was a real bitch to me, she also got a double yellow. Like, I love that. I spent time. I devoted effort. Like, yeah. That is amazing that you're not only... Like, of course, yeah, like, giving, like, a nice little present to, like, the people that you like and appreciate and admire and, dare I say, even have, like, a little crush on. And at the very same time, like, mortal enemies. Yeah, you're getting a double yellow starburst. I love that, dude. Now my, like, (laughs) wink, wink, wink girlfriend, Danielle Rosenthal, you better bet she got two fucking pinks. And then my boy Ian Reynolds, he got an orange and pink because that's what he was into. We liked both of them. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking out for my homies. Yeah, see, that's how much you... Right, yeah. And then, like, the people that I was, like, kind of lukewarm on. It was like, yeah, this one Mm -hmm. has a red and a pink. It's all right. You get one loser color. You know, whatever. It'll happen. Like, yeah. um, That one is a big standout to me. Um, (laughs) Trying to remember middle school dances. I don't really remember them. I feel like I went to them, but I don't feel like I enjoyed them. Because how much can you enjoy line dancing and dancing to My Heart Will Go On? And that goddamn Shania Twain song from Con Air. Because I in middle school, I lived in the country, so that's all we got was country music. That's all you got? Yep. And it's yeah. like, all that's, right, no, I'm not dancing point. to Cotton Eye Joe for the third time. I'm going to go <laughs> hang out in the bathroom and light matches in the sink with the bad kids. Like, <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. And then, yeah, moving on from there, like, I feel like in college, Valentine's Day might have been a big deal because I had a girlfriend through the whole thing. But mm. I don't remember him. And now me and my Mrs. Wizard... So as of February 20th, we'll have been together for 10 years. Uh, yeah, but having buddy. our anniversary on February the 20th means, guess what I get to avoid? That's right, fucking Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I love it. You don't buy into the crap. You buy the discount candy right. the day after and throw it at each other and go, here's some more Reese's. Om nom nom. Give me the orange cream yeah. truffles. Om nom. Yeah, like. <laughs> I, oh man, there's a lot. There's a lot that I'm, yeah, kind of like vibing with on that. Lots of unpack. Maybe I like. No, no, no. Not unpack, but like relish and appreciate because I do think, um, yeah, maybe like second only to like Christmas. I do think that, yeah, like Valentine's Day is the like commercialized, corporatized holiday most where it is. It's like, oh, well, you have to uh, spend a whole bunch and go out to a super fancy dinner or, oh, you got to buy her a diamond or, oh, you got to buy a buy her a car like remember when that was a thing there were like there were like weird commercials like this valentine's day get your get your special someone a goddamn car it's like i don't want to like sign off on a loan for something what are you talking about (laughs) um and it does and it does detract from that childlike i'm gonna like swing kind of kind of back uh that childlike sort of like oh man uh here's a person that I'm like seven years old and I think I know what love is. So I'm going to make sure that they get the two good starburst. And then my mortal enemies, like dude who like pushed me off the swing when I wanted to swing, like you son of a bitch, you're going to get the two yellows. Um, like that innocence of it too. I think that's also, also very special. Um, but yeah, but then also, so, so like, okay, here's, here's, here's my story as well. Okay. I, I was perennially, uh, yeah, that like sad sack, unrequited love. Like, oh, when will she ever notice me? And like, try to do cute stuff like that. Try to do like, oh yeah, I got everybody like a like a dum dum lollipop. 
but you, I got a Tootsie Roll pop, so there's something special in there. And it's like, okay, thanks. And then like, <laughs> go go play with the other kids and not play with me because I'm because I'm seven years old and I think I know how love works. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of that. But then also, it was it was just kind of neat, like, uh, yeah, like that day in grade school, we would make little. Essentially, yeah, like our own like little mailbox things, like little mailboxes. It was if it was like two paper plates that you cut in half and oh yeah, like stapled the bottoms together or whatever. And then, and then it was it was like a free for all. The teacher would say, whichever teacher would be like, all right, it's time to hand out your 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 Valentines to everybody. And it's a mad rush, and you're trying to see who's like lingering by your desk or so. So it is. It's just a fun, silly thing, and I really I don't know. It it's it's just, it's fun to think about that. And those memories, because I was like all throughout middle school and high school, like I, I did not have a girlfriend and I was just like, oh man, I just, oh, so I was, I would, I was that guy. I was, uh, if, if, if that, if that wasn't happening in like the early two thousands, if that happened instead during like the, the like 2010s, if, if it was 10 years later, I would have been that incel dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there for the grace of god goes josh exactly exactly and so i can't judge too harshly i mean i can but i can't judge too harshly because i was i was in a similar spot and then yes very happily uh married to 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 my mrs wizard we're going on oh this summer will be our ninth year our ninth anniversary uh yeah yeah and it is and it is it's different too it's also different too at least in my experiences doing like the Valentine's day thing as a married couple. Cause it's like the first, when you're still dating and then the first couple of years it is, it's like, Oh yeah, let's find a nice restaurant or, and then maybe after a couple of years, it's like, Oh, well, or we'll just like buy some steaks and like do our own thing. We'll just have, we'll just have like a little steak dinner by ourselves. Um, and then this year we're like, uh, there are some pork chops that were on sale so we can do that. <laughs> Yeah, but like it's I don't know. I It's a slower yeah, it, it's a slower burn, it's a more consistent burn. It's not the like fiery like kind of thing. But but and 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 that's also okay. That's also totally fine. I think we've talked or not talked a lot, but I think we've established pretty well that like I don't get that horned up for the holidays. Like I like St. Patrick's mm. Day. I love Thanksgiving, but like it, it, who the fuck cares? Like it's it's Valentine's Day. Like yeah. you, you can't tell me that this one day is the one day that I gotta tell my partner that I love him. Otherwise, the whole right. world's gonna go yeah. to pot. And it's like, yeah, I, I think that's precisely it too. But it's the same thing as Mother's Day or Father's Day or any other mm-hmm. like insert day here that isn't an actual like religious based holiday. Yeah, and it's just all I don't know. Like I don't know, and maybe a, maybe we're gonna get into that night. Maybe I need to like this will be the Grinch that stole Christmas, and Mark's heart's gonna grow three sizes. So I'm gonna like get off the call tonight, and I'm gonna go like make a bunch of Valentines and grab my like 13 million <laughs> candle power flashlight and bag, grab a bag of Starburst. And all right, well, Fred, you get double pink because I love you, and Davis, you get double orange because I love you, and oh, Maria, you get double yellow because I can't stand double you. Yellow. Like, I, who knows? Who could say? Like, that, that, that's very true. That is very true. Um, and and yes, and I think there's a there's a uh, there's a there's a novel called Cold Mountain, which was also turned into a movie. Oh, yeah. um, uh, based based on the Odyssey, and there's a there's a character in their characters is this girl named Ruby, 
and she shows up to help one of the main characters, Ada, on her farm because like Ada doesn't know how to yeah take care of livestock and you know grow crops and things like that. And Ruby shows up and they and they will figure out this like kind of partnership thing. And I remember a passage to your point. Um, <clears throat> Ada tells Ruby one day like, "Oh hey, uh, Thanksgiving is coming up." Um, we should do something special for Thanksgiving. And Ruby's like, what's that? Oh, well, you know, it's a day where we're, where, where we say just how grateful we are for everything we have and all that. And then Ruby says, wait, you need a day like set aside to, to do that. You're, you, you don't just do that always. And I think that is in support of what you're saying too. Like, yeah, the whole idea of like, oh, here's one special day where I really yeah tell my significant other how much i love them like yeah but i do that literally every day <laughs> and i mean i i can i can kind of see the the idea about getting behind like well no here's like one day to really carve out for them yeah but then what what about their birthday too or like what about this so like why not just so i'm i'm also sympathetic to that idea about yeah and and it is and so it's so i i i think it's less yeah i think it's less of like building up to a specific day and even like folding in yeah some of the like corporatism about oh uh, show this person you love them by spending extra money and it's like well no just like okay yeah just like maybe have a dinner or something like that but just just make it about the person as opposed to like buying extra crap yeah um, yeah but that was a great that was a great sort of intro and 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 I already love the like energy and like, all right, well, let's well, let's get into this thing. Let's get into this thing. So, I so in this like two parter because I think there's lots and lots to talk about. What I want to start off with, uh, at least for this first episode, is uh, of, of course kind of the more like uh, uh, cultural, traditional, mythological, old timey kind of stuff. Um, and so and so, yeah. I just want to again sort of like go through, maybe talk about a few things. Um, yeah. But as you know, Mark. In all of the cultures um, who have their pantheon of gods, their folklore, their traditions, um, there's almost always, yes, some sort of uh, deity, often a goddess, but not always, but often a goddess of love, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And we'll just get we'll just get some of these out of the way, of course. Like, yes, of course, for the Greeks, it was Aphrodite, um, uh, who who was known as Venus uh, for the Romans. And it's 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 weird. Like in some cases, uh, it's her son, and others it's just like another god that hangs out with her. But then also with Aphrodite is Eros, mm-hmm. um, and then Cupid for the Romans, who again is only like relatively recently depicted as like the like chubby baby uh, with a bow and wings. Well, because it's um, marketable. Because Right, yeah, because because it's also marketable. But whereas, yeah, like earlier, it was like, oh no, like Eros is just like another kind of god. Yeah, he's not necessarily like a, a chubby fat baby. <laughs> well, what would you rather have shooting you with arrows make you fall in love, a chubby fat baby or a chubby fat man? Uh, true, that is that is true. Hey, that is true. Um, hey, you kid, fall in love over there. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You kiss her real good, and he's like. Has a finger in his belly button and just kind of like twirling that around, like yeah, yeah. Kiss a real nice and deep, like ooh. 
Oh, those two well, boys make a very cute couple. Oh, that's right. Cupid goes everywhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and and, uh, and 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 a lot of times too, right? Like we think, uh, oh, well, like since these are like the deities, like they and and of course they do. They like sort of trick mortals into falling in love, or they tease mortals. But just as much, they themselves fall in love and get caught up in. Uh, all sorts of, uh, uh, yeah, entanglements, uh, so to speak, from, yeah, falling in love with either other gods or even with mortals in some cases. Um, one of the most famous, uh, at least with Aphrodite, of course, is, um, do, do you probably know, uh, who is who is Aphrodite married to? Who's her husband? Oh, shit, it's um, 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 Hephaestus, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. Because, you know, like the most beautiful goddess ever, uh, everybody was like super jealous and like uh, already like like fights were breaking out about who was going to marry her. And then Zeus, in all of his wisdom, said like, no, uh, Aphrodite is going to marry Hephaestus, who is uh, our son, Zeus and Hera's son, who is this, yeah, sort of deformed, super smart, super inventive but not exactly easy on the eyes. Right. Um, but Zeus said like, nope, that's who Aphrodite's going to marry. Problem solved, all that. Uh, but, unless I'm misremembering, but, wasn't Hephaestus the only god ever to have a set of robots? Number one. This is, I uh, yeah, well, and, and and even like robots that like he he built. Yeah, like uh, yeah, he, he built, built his own shit. Like Automaton dudes. Yeah, yeah right. Chicks right. dig nerds, I think is the moral of that story. Well, yeah, and people who can, yeah. Because uh, one nerdy wizard provide. to another, you and I got some pretty good-looking ladies there, Mr. Josh. <laughs> very fine. We got some very fine uh, Mrs. Wizards, lady wizards, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> but wouldn't stunning. you also know it, Mark? <laughs> but, but, but wouldn't you also know it sometimes, even that, even having somebody who can provide for you, who is wicked smart, you know, for, for some, for some uh, ladies... That's not quite enough. Yeah. And Aphrodite uh, very soon was unfaithful and cheated on Hephaestus with... Oh, probably somebody terrible. Ares. That's yeah, exactly who it was. Oh, it was Ares. No! The god of war. This terrible, horrible, yeah, brute. Like, like uh, um, to use, I guess, sort of like, uh, yeah, uh, what how the kids these days would say it. Ares was, was the Chad. Chad Aries, Virgin Hephaestus. You can picture the meme in your mind's eye right now. I even I can even like picture weird like potato face Hephaestus. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you can. It's like and yeah, like you make your own robots. You're the dude who like literally makes Zeus's lightning bolts. And here comes yeah, Chad Aries like swooping in with his uh, <laughs> with his bulging cod piece or whatever. Um, but you know, dude, so, yes. like not to be that guy, but I can be that guy for a minute. I was not a popular kid in high school, but I definitely, even like through college, like kind of sort of was different, but like, I definitely had those moments of like, you experience a deep personal connection with the wink, wink, popular girl, if that makes sense. And you're mm-hmm. like, Whoa, maybe me and Stephanie, this is a name that I made up. Maybe me and Stephanie, mm-hmm. like really do have a shot at it. Oh no. She, she's going to the prom with. With Travis, okay, that's okay. Never mind, that's fine. Like, right. I get it. Yeah, I was not the athletic type. I was a weird kid with a mullet, like who played fucking <laughs> baritone and 
played and was in every single musical. Like I get it. I definitely get it, man. Yeah. Yeah, and and it is, and so and and, and so that that is it, right? Like there there is that sort of almost archetypal, oh yeah, going after like the Chad sort of thing. But Hephaestus, you know, he didn't just like go to some uh uh what's uh what would this be like uh t uh t t r t r a like uh or uh g g r a uh Theus rights activist god rights activists like forum and just like wine he did not take the black pill he didn't even take the red pill but you you, you know what hephaestus did when he found out about this affair didn't pull a fucking la roger i bet that very true very true to you he said all right this is my situation how how, how am i going to make the most of this i'm the god of like craftsmanship and like smelting and like metalworking I've made robots that so what he does is he makes this 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 net this okay. very fine net out of golden thread uh that's barely even perceptible you can barely even see it and also like just about indestructible uh cuz he's goddamn Hephaestus and that's what he does good at and what he so does he yeah and so and so he he crafts this net and he raises it uh kind of suspends it ab- above his bed Pieces out is like, all right, Aphrodite, uh, sweetie, I'm gonna go off to the volcanoes with my like uh, Cyclops craftsmen, and we're gonna make more lightning bolts. Okay, honey, bye, love you, blowing kisses and all that. Leaves the door, Ares pops in. He and Aphrodite uh, waste no time, uh, and as they are in flagrante. <laughs> this net drops down on him and it and it catches them literally in the act and they can't get out they're all embarrassed they're all ashamed Hephaestus rolls up again all the other gods roll up and everybody just starts laughing at Aphrodite and Ares and teasing them and like everybody's on team Hephaestus and like Hera's there because Hera uh, is like the goddess of like holy matrimony and like you don't do that shit, and so she's letting she she's giving Aphrodite an earful. Eventually, uh, Hephaestus like lets them out. They get their comeuppance. Uh, so so even so even then, if 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 nothing else, uh, yeah, middle school Josh who's like tall and awkward and lanky and uh, way too smart for his own good. Like don't 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 worry about it. Just like hone like like hone your skills. Get smarter. Maybe get in in the weight room. Start 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 playing basketball some more. And like it'll all work out. It'll all work out. There is hope. There it'll is hope. all work. Yeah. Also, that really yeah. makes me feel like I feel like Rodney Dangerfield is in that movie and he's Hephaestus. And like <laughs> that's a no. That's a great way. This yeah. just the way that you're talking about is like this is such a fucking like. Porky's or Revenge of the Nerd type plot of like, <laughs> oh man, my girlfriend cheated on me. What are you gonna do, Nerd and Meyer? I built this net. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna catch them having sex and I'm gonna show it to the whole school. Is that illegal? Probably in 20 years, but right now it's fine. Yeah, right now, yeah, right now it's the 80s and everybody's doing coke and they don't care about that. And Louie Louie is they on just the background, just blasting on a continuous loop, and yeah, it's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Yeah, and then like a little puppet groundhog uh yeah like pops out of the 
side side of the mountain. I'm all right. Nobody had to worry about me. <laughs> but in my mind, that little puppet groundhog is like Zeus in groundhog form because he fell in love with a groundhog. Yeah. And he's like, I am going to fuck that groundhog. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so it's just this like, like okay. buff, ripped to shit. Like, I got to go with like the Disney version of Hercules Zeus where he's just like ripped to shit and he's huge. Yeah, no, yeah. But he's mm-hmm. this in groundhog form. I'm all right. I'm all right. Hera appears in groundhog form, grabs him by the ear, drags him away. He's like, ah, shit. Yeah, drabs him away. God damn it. Yeah. Well, and that could be, oh, man, that could be a full-on, yeah, multi-part episode about Zeus and his exploits. And so, yeah, and all the various, uh, yeah, ways that he uh, comes up with schemes to um, get his pita dipped, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's quite. I don't know if that's quite. But but we're gonna leave that. We're gonna leave that aside. Oh, but dude, that makes um, people for the ethical treatment of animals such a grosser <laughs> acronym. Pantheon for the erotic treatment of animals. <laughs> yeah. Just Zeus, big old fucking thumbs up. Chad, smile. We're in aviators. Deal with it. Well, uh, and ladies. and that, yeah. Well, and, and some so gentlemen does take animal forms. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he does take animal forms. Like that's oh man, uh, maybe. Maybe it's okay to like kill that swan. Uh, you, you just never know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, I think red wine's kind of making me a little evil tonight, Josh. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that is quite okay. That is quite okay. But okay, and so and so, yes, the the uh, sexual exploits of all the Greek pantheon could could be, and um, in fact, assuredly already are multiple series of podcasts and books and lectures and journals. But either way, join us in November when Josh and I have had time to correlate the contents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is in that. And we can, we can pick it up from there. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I do also, I do also want to uh, give a, give a nod uh, to, to traditions outside of, yeah, like the Greco Roman. Um, and so, yeah, some of the other deities, or gods or goddesses who are often, uh, yeah, associated with 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 love and desire and romance and all that. Um, one of one of the, uh, yeah, I think also fairly fairly well known ones is uh, Ishtar from the uh, Babylonian mm-hmm. uh, Akkadian tradition. Um, uh, also sometimes aligned with the Sumerian goddess uh inanna okay uh, and yeah uh ishtar is also yeah uh, a very very pretty pretty lady pretty lady uh <laughs> i am fine for rodney dangerfield but i will have no jerry lewis on this podcast <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough um <laughs> uh and so what I think this is this is super interesting. All so right. um so uh, uh, as compared to like other deities within this tradition, um I'm, so this is this is from the New World Encyclopedia.org. Uh it, and it says that um, Ishtar's reign did not normally depend on a particular male consort. Although sometimes portrayed as subject to higher higher male authorities, her position in the Babylonian pantheon, pantheon in practice was the highest. So, like, she was like the Zeus. She was like, 
the all powerful like top top deity. And I and I and I think that's fascinating. I think that's, that's pretty so cool. Interesting. Yeah, it's super cool. And she don't need no man. I mean, maybe a maybe yeah, like a dude shows up, but no, like she's Ishtar and she's gonna do her thing. Hell yeah. Uh we also get uh we we've 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 mentioned this a couple times and maybe this is also will be coming along sooner rather than later. Um in the Epic of Gilgamesh, there yes. is a there is a description of Ishtar's uh temple in the city of Uruk. Okay. And uh it's it goes a little something like Look at its walls, which gleam like copper. Inspect its inner wall, the likes of which no one can equal. Take hold of the threshold stone. It dates from ancient times. Go close to the Iana Temple, the residence of Ishtar, such as no later king or man ever equaled. And, like, that blows my mind, too, because as old as the Epic of Gilgamesh is, even then it's like, no, this temple's from ancient times. Yeah. And I'm writing this in, yeah, like 3000 <laughs> BC or whatever, you know? Yeah. And and so, yeah, like just that, like, there's this like super old temple for Ishtar, uh, this goddess of, yeah, like love and love and beauty and all that. Um, love and fertility. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's super cool. It is. It's. I like that idea, though, too, because it's like even in like we could probably call it like a very patriarchal society. It's like, no, you kind of got to give it up that like women are the, you know, ultimate force in this universe. Yeah. Right. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty with, damn with neat, that, I think. That's super neat. And, and it is. It's like that sort of like pattern that sort of, yeah, gets gets picked up in, in all these different cultures. And, and we'll and we'll I have a couple others to, to kind of go into that, too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's just it. It's like the idea of like Mother Earth. Without without this like feminine figure, uh, yeah, there, there we wouldn't be anywhere. Um, but yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe you were gonna go into this a little bit, but I want to say wasn't okay. So you know how we like corrupted Saturnalia, as, or the Christians corrupted Saturnalia from like a harvest festival, paying tribute to Saturn is like no, no, that's when Jesus was born. Wasn't isn't like that the Ishtar Easter deal. Easter was supposed to be like a spring festival, yeah. like a fertility festival, and they corrupted the name, but that's why you have the imagery of rabbits. And I might, maybe this is like new age paganism that doesn't actually, or like, you know, it doesn't actually exist that way, but is that a thing mm-hmm. or do you know what I'm talking I, about? I, uh, yes, I, I do. And, and, and there are some kind of some, yeah, sort of like guesses, some informed guesses about some of that stuff. But yes, um, uh, some scholars speculate that, um, uh, well, and there, there was an Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring named uh, East, Easter, o- O-E-S-T-R-E. Oh, like o- Oster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so maybe th- maybe there's also some sort of perhaps not direct connection with Ishtar, but again, some sort of like proto-Indo-European weird uh shared collective kind of thing about right. that too. So so yeah, th- there could also be some connection between Easter, uh rebirth, fertility, spring, possibly bunnies too. Um <laughs> I am yeah. so down for a holiday of bunnies, but you you know me, you know. Hell yes. No, we we are we are both of a mind that cuz yeah, like yeah, like rabbits and bunnies do kind of get I guess a little bit of like fair do in Easter, but no, damn it, we need a bunny day. Goddamn right. Uh, and so, and so, yeah. Uh, Ishtar also absolutely bears mentioning. 
Um, oh, yeah. uh, also, absolutely worth mentioning is uh, Hathor from the Egyptian pantheon. Okay. Also a major goddess. Um, uh, uh, sky deity. She was the mother or consort uh, of the sky god Horus and of the sun god Ra. And so, yeah, she was very much um, associated with fertility, uh, music, dance, joy, love, sexuality, and maternal care. Uh, and um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I, for a hot minute when I was a little kid, I was way into ancient Egypt. Yeah. And yeah, maybe in like a, a, a parallel universe, I would have been an Egyptologist instead of going into ancient Greek stuff. But, and I, God, I dude, fucking remember. like, can you imagine Ode to Man, but we're trying to do it in Greek? <laughs> yeah. Like that was the founding of two wizards, but it was different. And you're like, yeah, uh, on, on this Elephantine papyri, we have the Ode to Man. Bird, yeah. bird, crocodile river. Crocodile man, bird boat. Yeah, <laughs> and so so one one brief little part that I that I want to mention is um so, well and, and and funnily that you mentioned like fragmentary sources and all that um there is a there is a sort of a short story uh, called the tale of the herdsman uh, that's about uh, Hathor and we only have again sort of fragments of this we don't have the full picture. Uh, but it says that the story goes that one day a herdsman encounters a hairy animal-like goddess in a marsh and reacts with terror. On another day, he encounters her as a nude, alluring woman. Most Egyptologists who study the story think this woman is Hathor or a goddess like her, one who can be wild and dangerous or benign and erotic. And I think hmm. that's also that, yeah, that's also kind of pointing to that idea of on the one hand, uh yeah this goddess this like female uh figure this feminine figure is like super fine aphrodite uh hathor ishtar so so nice but then on the other hand uh can be just yeah terrifying and horrible and if that isn't the adolescent uh male experience of like interacting with girls i don't know what is yep <laughs> This thing where it's like I'm so attracted and like magnetized by you, but I'm also just terrified and even horrified a little bit because what do I do? You're mean. <laughs> You're mean. Why do you keep teasing me? Is that because you like me? I don't know. <laughs> Another absolutely worth a shout out is uh, from the Hindu tradition. This is uh, Pavarti. Okay. And she is the mother goddess, the goddess of power, nourishment, devotion, motherhood, fertility, and harmony. And she is the wife of the Hindu god Shiva. Mm -hmm. And so again, we sort of see a similar kind of kind of a figure, uh, the sort of mother goddess, but also one who, yeah, is, is sort of. Uh, uh, um, Worshipped for like beauty and love and uh, uh, erotic arts, also. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I know, I know that we can't talk about um, Hinduism and love and all that without at least a brief shout out to the Kama Sutra. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So the Kama Sutra. <laughs> 
something uh, we think written around like 400s to 300s BCE, which also blows my God mind. God damn, like, this is, really? Yeah, this is like, so yeah, like roughly like 400 to 300 or excuse me, 400 BCE to 300 CE. So like, okay, so that's so where I got 700 that, years? Was. Yeah, so like a pretty big, big time uh, a window there where kind of have an idea when this is written, but maybe it's not as important. But it could be anywhere from like Aristophanes writing Greek comedy till like, yeah, like, the like end of the Western Roman Empire, Jeez. and I just think that's so cool. I think that's so stinking cool. I, so um, yeah, so like it's either Aristophanes writing comedy or um help me out here, Josh. Here's our boy Lucian writing um uh, yeah, a true story, yeah. right? Because yeah, that was what 100. I want to say 80. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like the 100s. Yeah, almost to 200. If I remember like right. yeah, but like yeah. from that, God, that's nuts. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so stinking cool. Uh, and a lot of people think like, oh, it's just like a like a like a book about sex positions and and well, yes, it is that, but it's also other things. There's also other things too. Um, there are uh, there also, and I and I want to go into some of these because I think they're amazing. There are also there, there, there's also an entire section on love potions. And I want to take some time. So like uh, listeners, maybe, and granted, yeah, this episode will be coming out after Valentine's Day, but maybe you're still caught up in that romance with your significant other and you want to like um, do maybe a little something special for that person. Well, well, maybe check out some of these love potions. Um, now, now, damn it, Josh, we said at the top of the episode, you don't just need one fucking day. So true. Yeah, listeners, this is, true. This is yeah. evergreen information. You, Right, exactly. And exactly. also, now, gr- we're two wizards talking about fucking love potions. Hell yeah, yeah, right. Which is what that's what I that's what I was wanting to get to too. So now, granted, um, some of the ingredients might be a little hard to come by, uh, but but uh, hey, in the world of yeah, like online shopping, I'm sure you can get. I'm sure you can get almost anything here. Uh, I I want to start off with. Um, maybe, maybe a couple of ways to, to help, to help the male partner, if that is your situation. So here's one idea. Here's one idea if you're maybe having some trouble. Um, but according to the Kama Sutra, um, when a man wishes to enlarge his lingam, penis, yeah, he should rub it with the bristles of certain insects. That live oh. in trees. Okay. And then, after rubbing it for ten nights with oils, he should rub it again with the bristles as before. By continuing to do this, a swelling will be gradually produced in the lingam, and he should be able to lie on a cot and cause his lingam to hang down through a hole in the cot. After this, he should take away all the pain from the swelling by using a cool concoctions. The swelling, which is called sukha, and is often brought about among the people of the Dravida country, lasts for life. <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> so, 
fine. Isn't Maybe that a, that's isn't what... Isn't called a blister beetle? Isn't that what you're supposed to, like, rub on your dick? Because I feel like I know about this. And I don't know why I know it, but it's like... Could It's could a beetle, well be. and you can, like, if you touch it, it, like, stings you. Or not stings you, but, like, the content... I don't... Okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah. And okay. so, to be fair... And I remember us talking about, you know, all these others sort of, like, early pre-scientific um, sort of approaches and methods like yeah and just like you're saying like not exactly wrong I'm sure if you cause a certain inflammation um, you think like oh yeah this works <laughs> this will help this will help me um, satisfy my partner and then you just but I also a- appreciate the fact that it's like well no just like you know don't dive right in from that into lovemaking. Like, no, like, cool it off. <laughs> cool it off. With some concoction. And then, and, and then it lasts for life. Like, you're good to go from there. But, 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 but that idea is there. That idea, even though it's not put in the way, it's like, oh, no, like, blood flow. Like, that's, like, that's, what's, that's what's missing or needs um, a little revitalizing. Like, so, again, like, they're not wrong, but just, I don't know. I don't know about finding, or, or maybe that's what Brood X was all about. Maybe maybe I should have got some of those goddamn Brood X locusts. Well, you needed uh, to get those ones out of Illinois, the ones that, like, their asses fell yeah. off and they became, <laughs> like, hallucinogenic. Yeah. And then you got to, like, rub that on your pecker for however long. And <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So. Oh, God. Yeah. So that would be, uh, that would be one. That would be one thing, um, but uh, but but if, if if that seems a little too much for you, if well, and it's also not vegan, right? Um, but there are <laughs> but there are also some vegan options as well in the Kama Sutra. Okay. Uh, uh, different section says the enlargement of the lingam is also effected by rubbing it or moistening it with oil boiled on a moderate fire, along with the seeds of the pomegranate uh, and the cucumber and the juices of the Voluca plant, the Hastri Charma plant, and the eggplant. Huh. Which, again, I don't want to read too much into this, but uh, yeah, you're having trouble with your uh, Johnson there. Uh, here's some cucumber juice. Nice, firm, uh, well-proportioned cucumber. And an eggplant, like that's the emoji that we use <laughs> for for that. So it's like I can see where they're coming from here. Pun not intended, but <laughs> <laughs> but but two. That's the, that's a dick. That's a dick when your sexting is an eggplant. Like exactly, that's what it is. it's an yeah. eggplant. And also, so I'm assuming who... because like produce corner with Mark really quick. Indian eggplants <laughs> are super. I don't know if you've seen them. They're the like long ones. They're like huge. They're right. super long. They look like a yeah. They're, yeah, they're super long and boy, they're just real penisy. Like yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and so I just yeah, I I again I can't fault them. That would make absolute sense. Where it's like, man, how can my thing look like that Indian eggplant? Uh, sure, maybe I'll rub some juice on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, and then also just like one or two other kind of quick, kind of quick things. Um, this is this is interesting. So like, say you're in the position, and 
not that I've exactly been in been in this spot, but I can imagine others say that there's actually some unrequited love the other way around. Say that there's somebody who really has the hots for you, but you don't really want anything to do with them. Well, wouldn't you know it? The Kama Sutra also can hook you up. They can they can sort of help help with that too. So, Amen thickens the juice of the fruits of the Cassia fistula and the Eugenia jambolana by mixing them with the powder of the soma plant, the Vernonia athelmintica, the Eclipta prostata, and the Lohopagicirca, because I see those all the time oh, yeah. uh, at my yeah, local yeah. supermarket. Uh, but, but if he takes all those juices uh, and, and thickens them and applies this composition to the yoni of a woman. The lady bits. Yoni... The lady bits, the downstairs mix-up. Um, <laughs> uh, so he so he makes that juice, thickens it up, applies it there, and has sexual intercourse with her. His love for her will be destroyed. So if you are hung up on somebody, or they're hung up on you, and like it's like okay, no, we have to end this. It's for our own good. Uh, yeah, make this like nasty jelly. Put it down there. Have sex, and then you won't be in love with that person anymore. <laughs> or you can buy Trojan fire and ice condoms and burn your dick and you're like, maybe <laughs> yeah, I need to, to say, rethink yeah, the my... <laughs> or the same effect. Yeah, it's the same effect. <laughs> oh, I remember. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I think we've all, we're, I think many of us have been in that situation like, oh, this sounds fun. Why don't we try this? Nope. <laughs> not, not for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, and, and I could go on and on and these are, these are, these are wonderful. These are amazing. And again, not going to lie. There's a part of me that again, wants to like maybe go to a Whole Foods or a Sprouts or my nearest international market and like, yeah, for like wizard science, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What well, yeah. so maybe I don't I don't want to pull back a curtain and make you reveal too much, but have you read the Kama Sutra? Not so so like I've read, yeah, and, and this is where it gets weird too. Like I've read books adapted from it and are of a much more, shall we say, like practical application perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I've read I've I've i read it, but maybe not like some of the original source material or, or something like that. Okay. Cause I think, uh, yeah, I think the Mrs. Wizard has a, has a illustrated copy somewhere around here. I think we so. all bought the illustrated copy from Spencer in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. That was yep. it. That was it. We were all at that, uh, one section of the Barnes and Noble. Um, <laughs> just giggling. But anyway, but anyway, so no, I was going to say like, I, I, I have read it and there are some little notes in there that I like, like, there's a bit, and it talks about... Sorry, I'm choking on wine. I can't swallow, Josh. Maybe I need to consult my Karma Sutra. Um, <laughs> no, there's one, and it's, like, talking about, like, different types of people. And it's, like, it makes a note of, like... Yeah. It, it, it labels humans as, like, rabbits and horses and oxen. And it's, like, look, horses and oxen can lay together, but a rabbit and an oxen, they're not going to work out. You know? Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. shout out to my favorite page, the Congress of the Crow, which is just 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Point to wrap up with that. Um, I do appreciate that. Whereas, 
and yeah, like blame it on like uh, uh, Puritan, Protestant, whatever uh, colonizers first setting up the U.S. There, there is there is a sort of like weird taboo about like oh no we don't we don't talk about that and blah 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 blah, blah. um and like certainly there are limits like i wouldn't necessarily recommend um like yeah the kama sutra for like i don't know grade grade schoolers well but no i appreciate but you ought to read but, but i appreciate right and it's and it's like no like sex and love making uh is important and so damn it let's yeah let's open up that conversation and be kind of frank about it and even like these beautiful um hindu temples you like walk alongside them and just like oh man look at all these like ba relief sculptures that they have carved into the sides here wow it's so intricate and beautiful oh that's just like people fucking It's just like bar relief after bar relief, which is people fucking in like all these different places. And that's awesome. That's I awesome. think, I think it's great. Like, yeah. no, but I love it too. Cause it's like, there's always that one of like the dude, like laying on his like shoulders and his dick is pointing up and the girl's like yeah. power squatting onto it. But she's also kind of doing pull-ups. It's like, Man, what? you want to talk you know, about talk women's about empowerment? Like, yeah, that, yeah. but like also like things we've lost to the ages, like Damascus steel, the R rocks cattle, and <laughs> insane Greek Indian fire, styles yeah. of fucking. Like, yeah, dude. If, yeah. And so it is, and so it is. I think, and and not even, and not even do the whole like, oh, look at how exotic and like cultural approach, uh, 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 appropriation it is. Like, no, like just like. Yeah, this is neat. Let's like, I don't know. Let's like do 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 this stuff. This is great. Or you maybe you should appropriate weird, that like, culture. Oh. Yeah, right. That's not a bad thing. I appropriate mean, the culture of tongue punching that fart box. It's okay. <laughs> Cuz you know what, guys? Sometimes you can't get there, but you learn how to, you know, you learn yeah. how to put mouth to south and you're going to be okay. That's all you'll ever need. <laughs> I'm trying to be as like genial and clean as i can while still talking about you know sex but yeah like, but, but even that yeah but two even that wizards well right but even that impulse of both of us like ah do we kind of like quote like cloak this in some innuendo versus and, and granted yeah like we're not a sex ed podcast we could be we absolutely could be but we're not <laughs> yeah we could because we're definitely not those virgin Hephaestuses. i'm aries <laughs> af brah i don't know about you <laughs> yeah brah yeah brah <laughs> Maybe it's also this gnarly head uh, cab sav that I just had to top myself off a little bit there. But um, I got to oh call boy. bullshit, man. Like, so yeah. I'm drinking out of my Green Bay Packers glass and essentially mm. it's just a stemless wine glass. But shit, dude, there's only two glasses of wine in that son of a bitch. And either. I don't know. I don't know if it's like making me pour, but I'm just pouring to like the top of the G. Like, I don't hmm. I don't know. I'm hitting the top of that G spot, but I don't even know, Josh. <laughs> you know, for some people that works. For others, they need a little more or they need a different. So, because really that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's like finding what works for you and your partner. And then occasionally mixing it up, right? Like uh, turning to a random page in your translated copy of the Kama Sutra or... Okay, yeah, let's go to Google Images and look up Hindu temples. Um, <laughs> see, seems like all right. We're slowly making our way through that, but um, 
I want to get um, kinky tonight. Ooh, what are we gonna do? We're gonna look at my snap. We're gonna look at some National Geographic's. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Well, so there is. Uh, there's one. What one other sort of like uh, uh, mythology folklore that I like to at least give give like partial mention to. Give a nod to. Um, Hell yeah. And. That is, uh, that is, of course, the the folklore, the pantheon of Japan. Um, oh yes, and and I I wasn't sure. I was trying to remember, and I did some looking, and I was kind of struck by, uh, at, at least from from what I gathered, there isn't necessarily like, uh, like a like a Japanese kami of like love or marriage or something. That just it didn't seem like there was one. Mm-hmm. Um, there were like eight different kami of like metal smithing, so you know where their priorities were. Uh, <laughs> in getting hard, but not getting hard. Yes, in getting hard, but not in getting hard. So what I think I wanted to talk about instead, um, and and like still, yeah, like still deities, but kind of in a different sense. And I want to talk about Izanagi and Izanami. Okay, um, and these two are so so there were like there there were like several generations of like primordial gods um in 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 Japanese folklore and then eventually we get to these two Izanagi is a dude is a man and Izanami uh is a woman and their sister brother siblings also married that happens a lot in mythology get over it um but uh uh their story goes that uh one day yeah here come Izanagi and Izanami um they are the ones who 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 drew the islands of Japan cuz Japan are are is is a nation is a country with a bunch of different islands they they sort of like drew them up out of the ocean out of the sea that's where they were um, effectively, yeah, like giving birth to these to these islands. Um, but but they also went on to like conceive and give birth to like other deities um, that you know sort of claimed dominion over this area or that area. Um, but the one where it gets kind of sad is their their last child that they gave was a fire god. Uh, and he is Kagotsuchi. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, Mark, um, giving birth to a fire god can really ruin your downstairs mix-up. Um, so hey, much... man, we've all been too drunk and eaten too much Taco Bell. I know where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. Um, but so much so that Izanami uh, uh, died after after giving birth. Oh, God damn. Um, yeah, uh, Izanagi, her husband, super pissed, uh, immediately killed killed his kid <laughs> for for uh, um, killing his wife, and so sad story. That's where it ends, right? No, wrong. Mm-hmm. So Izanagi uh, m- misses his sister wife. Also, like kind of yeah, weird shades of whatever whatever uh but 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 he knows that she's 
residing in the underworld, the land of the dead, Yomi. And so he decides to go down there and, and visit her. And uh, he makes his way down and he sees her and she looks, yeah, like the Izanami that he knew and loved uh, before. Beautiful, radiant, golden. Uh, she says, hey, uh, bad news, though. I can't return with you to the land of the living. Uh, I've already eaten some food that was prepared here in the underworld. And so, yeah. and so I'm bound. So I'm, I, I have to stay here. Um, and Izanagi is like, ah, oh, wait, really? This is, this is what it is. And so, and so in his, so, so he's really distraught. He's, he's really fired up. He's, he's really angry about this. Um, and you know, a couple of different accounts. Some is like, um, they're like, he like lights a fire. Some say he like brought a mirror out, something like that. But anyway, he looks at Izanami one more time, and instead of his beautiful wife, he sees like a disgusting, rotten corpse that has like maggots crawling out of it. Like clearly, someone who is deceased and like is in the underworld. Yeah. Um, Izanami is pissed, <laughs> and so she sends like uh, like like wave after wave of like demons after Izanagi, her husband, because he because she's like, look, me, yeah, I I. I told you I'm not a morning person. I, I, I haven't put my makeup on yet. I look disgusting. And he's like, no, no, honey. I'm sure it's not that bad. Here, let me open the blinds. Let me get a little light. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> um, so she feels very embarrassed, sends all these demons to, to, to chase after him and make him live in the underworld with her. So uh, he, he escapes he distracts all these oni, all, all these demons. Uh, he gets out there. Um, Izanami is so upset with him that 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 she curses him. She says, "I will kill a thousand people every day for this disgrace, for for this wrong that you've done to me." Mm-hmm. Um, which that sounds pretty bad, right? It's like, oh man, here we are, the like Japanese deities. We're trying to start Earth and life here. Now she's going to kill a hundred people every single day. Izanagi, though, he who laughs last, laughs best, says, "Oh yeah, well, I'll just make sure that a hundred and five. Oh God, <laughs> he says." Oh, you're going to kill a thousand people a day. Well, I'll just make sure that a thousand five hundred people are born every day. So net positive, neener, 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 wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And so, and, and so, Troll yeah, business. there's, it, it, and it's, and it's a weird, it's, it's so fascinating. And I know I've, I've, I've gone back to this already a, a couple times, but yeah, the like weird echoes uh, between this story and at least what immediately came to my mind naturally, like some of the Greek stuff, um, definitely like sort of like Hades and Persephone, sort of uh, woman goes to the underworld, eats something, and so she has to stay there. Definitely kind of shades of Orpheus and Eurydice. Um, husband goes down to the underworld to rescue his wife, but like loses her and, and can't take her back with him. Uh, on the return trip, I don't know. It's just, it's just super neat. It's super neat. Yeah, I like it though. I like the. We talk a lot about like 
uh, parallels and like sympathetic magic right. and stuff. It's like, yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. Women be eaten. Women get us in trouble. Here we are. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm also reminded of um, whichever yokai episode it was, um, but how I was doing all these ghosts of women who were wronged. Uh, and yeah, also kind of shades of that too. Like, man, like Izanami didn't necessarily, I mean, she maybe did one thing wrong. There's a story that at their wedding, when they got, uh, married that Izanagi as the man, he was supposed to like say something first, but she spoke out of turn and caused this whole uproar. But even then it's like, okay, that's still kind of screwed up. Um, but again, it's like, oh man, here's just this woman that she didn't decide to give birth to a fire god and die and then turn into her like uh. so like that's also kind of part of it but then also I'll, like almost like that she's leaning into that like yeah whatever I'm gonna be a hideous corpse goddess now deal with it <laughs> it's my sexy body I do what I want yeah if you can't love me at my maggoty uh decomposing worst then i'll send hordes of demons after you (laughs) (laughs) my maggoty best (laughs) my maggoty best um the 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 other thing though that that is that is noteworthy about the story izanagi barely escapes seals up uh the like cave to the underworld with a big uh a boulder and realizes like, oh, I gotta like purify myself. I gotta wash all this gunk off of me. Okay. Um, and so he and so he finds finds this uh, uh, river, starts bathing himself, uh, and he. I'm guessing he got other areas of his body, but the three areas that he particularly washed well, or something like that, is his left eye, his right eye. And his nose. <laughs> Cause okay. so like, so one summer um, I have an uncle who's, who's a potato farmer mm-hmm. and does all that. And one summer he needed some help during harvest season, uh, uh, driving all these spuds in from the field to the, to the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was even just like sitting in the cab of a truck for 90% of the day. But like all of the dirt from the harvesters getting kicked up in the air, like that that shit got in my eyes and nose. And so I can kind of understand that. Like, okay, yeah. Okay. Well, or like in allergy season, absolutely. You want to like, 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 like your eyes get all red and your nose gets all stuffed up. Okay, so maybe that's part of it too. Maybe there's just uh, crazy, yeah, like cottonwoods in Yomi, the land of the underworld uh, or whatever. <laughs> um but but specifically but, but but specifically as he's washing his left eye his right eye and his nose uh from the from the uh, uh rinsing of his left eye comes the sun goddess uh, Matarasu Omikami from his from his right eye comes the moon god uh Tsukuyomi no Mikoto and from his nose comes the storm god Susano no uh, Mikoto. Mm-hmm. And man, if ever there's an origin story for a storm god coming out of somebody's nose, that's just awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, because where else would it be like god? Yeah, where like, else would see, it be? Like, well, the corners of the maps, like you have the four winds blowing, man, fuck that. We all know the south wind is a sneeze. 
Yeah, exactly. I I, I think that's so. And 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 then of course, uh, uh, Materasu, the the most august, the highest goddess. She becomes the the sun goddess. Um, and you can learn about this too if you play that uh, wonderful video game Okami. Uh, mm-hmm. That that sort of like dramatizes the story too, uh, and so and so yeah. I just I just also really really dig, um, and and it's interesting too that there's not necessarily like one deity for like love and beauty and fertility. Like there's kind of some that kind of deal with that, but then they're also yeah much more like practically, or, or yeah to, to to like the practical arts like. Oh yeah, like I guess I'm. You can maybe consider me like a fertility god, uh, but also I'm yeah, like the god of agriculture too. At the same time, which makes sense for I don't which know because that sense. should be fertility. Like you, I don't know you. You sow the field, you plow the field. Like I don't know. I yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. The 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 one that I thought could maybe be the closest, kind of. And also ties in with uh, Materasu. There's a story a little later on where um, Materasu uh, hides herself in a cave. Um, okay. The sun goes away from the earth. And you can imagine how catastrophic and horrible that would be. You know, like plants are dying. Everything's like freezing and cold. Mm-hmm. So all, And so all of the other gods, all of the other kami are like, okay, how are we going to get... Uh, her out, out of this cave because we need the sun, and so they try a whole bunch of different things. They, you know, try pulling this rock from the cave. They try doing all stuff. It doesn't work. It doesn't work uh, until one day, this other goddess. Um, and let me try to get this one right. Uh, Ame no Uzume no Mikoto, uh, who is apparently a the goddess of dawn, mirth, meditation, revelry, and the arts. She says, all right, enough of this. I'm going to start dancing. And she just starts dancing outside. And she kind of, and she kind of rolls up the sleeves of her kimono. Uh, She puts a headband on. Uh, She gets a bunch of flowers and plants and kind of picks them up. Uh, And she hoists up, she either hoists up or hoists down her clothing uh, to show her fun bits. And like all of the other gods start like laughing and cheering like, yeah, this is great. Woo! <laughs> and Amaterasu inside the cave doesn't know what's going on. And so, uh, and so she like kind of shouts out like, Hey, what's, what's happening out there? And uh, Ame no Uzume says like, oh, there's a new goddess here who's wonderful and brilliant and everybody's just so overjoyed. And, uh, oh man, this new goddess is really great. Amaterasu gets really curious, rolls the boulder aside. And in the meantime, all the other gods have like a mirror. And Amaterasu sees <laughs> herself and thinks, oh, that's the new goddess. She's she's fine. Um, and it's like, no, it was you. It was you this entire time. You're the best. Please stop hiding in a cave. And... Aww. Happily ever after. Uh, they also kind of, yeah, they also kind of like threw a, a rope around her and lasso her and said, no, you're not going back in the cave anymore. <laughs> uh, but so like maybe this Ame no Uzume could kind of be, I, 
I just get a kick out of the idea that like, oh shit, the sun went went away. How are we gonna fix it? Let's let's do a strip tease. Let's do a strip tease outside this Japanese cave, and the sun will come out. <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow. It'll have a dollar for your G string. <laughs> you drop it. You drop it out on the main stage. You drop it. <laughs> The sun's just a horny old dude. I don't know. Sorry. That was weird. <laughs> Hit my fucking mic and everything. Yeah. No. But, but so, yeah. So, yeah. Right I, it, and it also wouldn't be, uh, um, it also wouldn't be a Two Wizards episode if we didn't also give give a tip of the hat to, to the Japanese pantheon, that wonderful Shinto religion and all of its goofiness. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, just adding to that a tiny, tiny bit, it wouldn't be a two wizards if I didn't get to nerd out for Naruto and Izanami, Izanagi, and Susanoo are Susano are all jutsus um, specific to the Achiha clan, and one of them oh, is all okay. about like telling somebody that they're doing a thing and trapping them in the infinite loop of it, and it's real fucked up. But yeah, oh, shoot. there you go. Well, it is Susanoo uh... is a giant idiot chakra thing skeleton and it's dumb and we all hate it i don't get it it's <laughs> well and that's the like thing too Uchiha, yeah like mulligan card just <laughs> oh we can't die we've got susan ah fuck you <laughs> well it isn't uh and, and isn't even a um, materasu isn't that like yeah I, it's I, an I, ocular jutsu it's a fire it's a black fire yeah yeah it's like a giant yeah, fireball that's right super specific to uchiha right yeah. right 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 i remember i because yeah i think i was trying to look up something about okami but then, yeah, sort of went down to Naruto rabbit hole. It's like, oh shit! Like, that's a big, that's a big strong fireball. <laughs> Join us in September when Josh has had the opportunity to watch all of Naruto, and we get to lose jobs about it. Because God, I got some stuff to say about Naruto. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. To buy. So- oh, yeah. <laughs> I would like to get maybe away from the mytho historical that kind of stuff into the more yeah like historical these are these are like yeah like like proper people that um we can we we can talk about somewhat related to love or our modern kind of conceptions of love and um and yeah and, and i think that'll be a nice nice sort of way to end um and l- listeners mark hopefully you'll forgive me i am absolutely dipping twice into the ancient greek um well the ancient greek wine bowl um because <laughs> we are we're going to cycle all the way back to the mediterranean specifically to this quaint little island uh in the eastern aegean off the coast of asia minor mark i'm sure you've heard of this place listeners i'm sure you've heard of this place too it some some say that it's that it's an inspiration for the L word that isn't love. <laughs> Mark, where have we landed? Where have we landed? I reckon we're on the island of Lesbos there, Josh. We are on the island of Lesbos. Uh and yes, there are there there's a there's a very special person from that island that uh classics Twitter all I mean classics Twitter just loves anyway. I love her. I love her poetry. I I, I just do. I just do. And this wonderful person's name is I. And this is weird too. I only recently found this out. Is either Sappho, or okay, or 
Psapho with like a P in front of it. Oh, it's like Psapho. Yeah. Like Patarmigan or Pterodactyl. Right. Or like, yeah, Psyche. Or like Psyops. Yeah. So, so yeah. So this is Sappho, who is... All right, all right. Who is, uh, yeah, um, a, a Greek poet, poetess from the island of Lesbos, there in Greece, born roughly 530 BCE, died sometime or excuse me born uh uh 630 bce i messed that up and then died sometime maybe 570 so roughly 60 years old something like that um not not as old as like homer and hesiod but also older than uh our homeboys uh aeschylus and sophocles and all that so in that sort of like coming out of the archaic period getting into like what we would call the classical period um Mm -hmm. and yeah and she was a poet and she knew it (laughs) uh and specifically (laughs) she was of this genre that we later called lyric poetry um basically meaning that you played the lyre as you would recite these poems sing these poems you you were playing the the lyre um, there's a liar with a Y, not liar with an I. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. L okay. L Y R E. Um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, and she has a very fascinating story for a long time. She was kind of like covered up or maybe not talked about or kind of like, Oh no, she was just a school teacher who really loved her female students. Uh, but treated them. Yeah. That's that's what she was. But I think most everybody realizes yeah. now that, like, uh-huh. no, she probably did have some what we would call some kind of homosexual relationship, um, or at least the poetry that she wrote absolutely was of that mind. Um, was can that. I just say, like, I am very militantly Greek. I think our listeners can pick that mm-hmm. up. I bet mm-hmm. anybody who's chiming in for the first time ever picks that up. And all through my like you know, adolescence and shit, all I got was, oh, all the Greek guys are gay. They're just, like, playing with little kids. I'm really glad to have, like, it flipped the script a little bit. Like, hey, women were terrible, too. Fucking hey. <laughs> well, about time. Even, yeah, well, and, and and even then, like, it's 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 not exactly accurate. Because, like, and also entire books written on, like, uh, yeah, like, sexuality in antiquity because like the big thing like the 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 key sort of uh uh distinction wasn't necessarily like like gender based it was um are you the active participant or are you the receptive participant are you the pitcher or the catcher in some ways so yes while sappho Probably, yeah, did have romantic and even sexual feelings towards other women. And what we would we would call that being lesbian because that's the island. Um, yeah, I don't on the one hand, I don't want to necessarily put labels on it because her poetry is just beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just very, very, very quickly as another sort of uh, introduction to her uh, for listeners who haven't heard of her before. Um, so this is the entry in this, I believe I've mentioned this before, in uh, this uh, thing called the Suda, which is 
kind of like an early encyclopedia. Uh, this was from uh, Byzantium, you know, around like the year 1000 CE, 1100 CE, something like that. And this is part of the entry for Sappho in this like old, old school encyclopedia. Okay. Uh, it says uh, Sappho, daughter of Simon, though others say of uh, Almanos, others of Erig, of Erigios, others of Ag- so there's like twelve dudes that are like ah we think they were her father we don't know. <laughs> uh, her mother was Cleus, a she woman. Had so many dads. Yeah, it's she like... had to like chicks. Yeah, <laughs> that's how manly Sappho's dads were. Yeah, maybe. No, that's all right. Um, and so Sappho was a woman w- w- was a woman of Lesbos, this island, um, from Eressos, a lyric poet who was born in the 42nd Olympiad uh, when Alcius also lived, and Stesichorus and Pittacus, who were other poets. Okay. Uh, she apparently also had three brothers, uh, Lyricos, uh, Caraxos, and Eurigios. And now this is hilarious, and I'm going to say this, and then I'll come back to it later. In the Suda, okay. it says that uh, Sappho uh, was married to a most wealthy man, Kirkales, who operated from Andros. Now, why okay. that's funny, and why a lot of modern scholars being, think like, okay, this was either somebody like pulling a fast one of us, or maybe this was said in a comedy, but nobody like got the joke. Uh, So Andros is an island, is an actual island, but it also means Mm -hmm. man. It means like adult human male. And the name of her uh, alleged husband, uh, Kerkeles, we don't necessarily have any other information about this guy. We don't even really see this name appear in other places. And we're pretty sure it's a dick joke. Because a... Kerkos is a word for penis. <laughs> and so, yeah, in in this Suda encyclopedia, if it says that Sappho, this very famous uh, poet from Lesbos, was married to a guy named, essentially, yeah, like Dick from the Isle of Man. Um, <laughs> I'm little, Dick Island Man. Yeah, di- yeah Dick, Dick Island Man. Hi, honey. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe homeboy was like a worshiper of Priapus. Who can say? That's also true. That's also true. And so, yeah, I think most people kind of think like, okay, no, that was like some somewhere the wires got crossed. Because um, how weird would it be to be, yeah, named to like a dude named like, yeah, like Dickens or whatever. <laughs> Dickens. <laughs> Behold, there goes. Decosteles. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and so, yeah. So Sappho is super important. She's a great poet. Uh, we don't have a lot of her work. And there's some explanation like, oh, it was all these like prudish Christian monks that once they read her stuff and they saw it as an affront to God and they burned it. I don't know if that's necessarily the case that's that's very that would be very different from how yeah like works are usually um transmitted through time 
but, but then it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some yeah, like righteously angered monk in Byzantium was like, "What is this? Burn it!" I I'm, I'm skeptical of that, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, it, probably. It, like, I feel like I don't know though, because we have all these stories of like Zeus being a piece of shit and like. Yeah, you know, take a drink every time Zeus turns into an animal and like goes and rapes a woman. Like, Lena yeah. the Swan, it's a good one. Like, and it's like one of the most famous pieces of art you see. Like, you see a swan and a woman everywhere, and it's like, but do you know why that's that thing? And no, I liked it. Okay, cool, that's fine. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and so and so that's just it. Like, I'm sure maybe in some instances there were pieces like that. Like, oh wait, um. Yeah, this our our city is getting uh, besieged by this invading army. Quick, grab all the papyrus scrolls. Yeah, maybe not that one. Maybe that happened. Maybe stuff like that happened. But just the fact that like we have so few, so 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 few literature, just like period. Like mm-hmm. yeah, just like shit. Like like shit just kind of doesn't doesn't get recopied and. Uh, manuscripts so 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 who knows who, who who knows about that um but some some of the some of the very interesting things about Sappho is in a in, in a lot of her surviving poetry we see this really cool thing that she does where she uses otherwise very militaristic kind of themes and topics and settings and subjects to okay. describe love like she has a whole bunch she has a lot of fragments talking about <laughs> talking about like the Trojan War. Fucking Sappho was Pat Benatar, but not even. Yeah. Love is a fucking battlefield. No, that's perfect. That's exactly I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I'm just no, no, cutting no, you no, off and, dickhead. I'm sorry. No, and a perfect example of that, um, and this is one of her poems that we have most of. We think maybe all of it, we but most of it. This is called um Sappho sixteen. Um, and here is a translation by Julia Dubnov that shows just that the like Pat Benatar love is a battlefield. Um, <laughs> but she says, um, some say an army of horsemen, some of foot soldiers, some of ships is the fairest thing on the black earth. But I say it is what one loves. It's very mm. easy to make this clear to everyone for Helen, by far surpassing mortals in beauty, left the best of all husbands and sailed to Troy, mindful of neither her child nor her dear parents, but with one glimpse she was seduced by Aphrodite. For easily bent oh, and nimbly, and there's a little part that we're missing, has reminded me now of Anactoria, who is not here. I would much prefer to see the lovely way she walks and the radiant glance of her face than the war chariots of the Lydians or their foot soldiers in arms. Fuck. And isn't that beautiful, man? That's beautiful. It's so good. And it is. And and so, and so uh, the speaker of this poem who may or may not be Sappho, right? I don't want to commit the uh, authorial fallacy and assume that like, uh, Oh, uh, Henry uh, Melville was actually the one wailing in Moby Dick. Like, I don't want to commit that fallacy, but the speaker of this poet is talking about missing this woman, Anactoria. Maybe she died. Maybe she's, we, we don't know. 
but it is but it's but it's using this militaristic imagery and illusion to talk about yeah i don't care how cool and i guess yeah like in modern terms right we'll continue with the pat benatar man i don't care how cool abram's tanks are i don't care how beautiful a stealth bomber is um i just miss seeing this person walk around <laughs> yeah and that's what it is. But it's that's gorgeous. it. Like, yeah, you it's can't beautiful. like, you can't replace the object of your affection. That's I love that. That's great. I love that. Yeah, it's so good. And and so it, so uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, Sappho sixteen. That that's one that we have a lot of. Um, and then there are two other of her most famous ones that, that we have. Again, probably all of them or most of them. Um, and th- this is probably one of her most famous. Uh, and this is called Sappho one. And also, I understand too that. Uh, I, as a male voice, I probably wouldn't have been singing this poetry, but listeners, you'll just have to deal with it. So, but, but, but anyway, this is, this is Sappho one, um, probably, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the poem of hers that we have the most of. Immortal Aphrodite on your intricately brocaded throne, child of Zeus, weaver of wiles, this I pray. Dear lady, don't crush my heart with pains and sorrows. But come here, if ever before, when you heard my far-off cry, you listened. And you came, leaving your father's house, yoking your chariot of gold. Then beautiful swift sparrows led you over the black earth, from the sky through the middle air, whirling their wings into a blur. Rapidly they came, and you, O blessed goddess, a smile on your immortal face, asked what had happened this time, why did I call again, and what did I especially desire for myself in my frenzied heart? Who this time am I to persuade to your love? Sappho, who is doing you wrong? For even if she flees, soon she shall pursue. And if she refuses gifts, soon she shall give them. If she doesn't love you, soon she shall love even if she's unwilling. Come to me now once again and release me from grueling anxiety. All that my heart longs for, fulfill, and be yourself my ally in love's battle. Love is a battlefield. No, but that's so beautiful. It's just amazing. It's amazing. I love that. I love that. That's great. That's... mm, when so and this is even nine out of ten would cry to again yeah (laughs) well and this is and this is um when i was yeah when i was first taking this like intro to ancient greek classes um we read and tried to translate this poem and it's and it's super cool it's super now well and, and the other tricky thing too is so sappho writing um on this island she wasn't using the same dialect of greek that like yeah, Aeschylus and Sophocles and all those homeboys were on Athens. Yeah, right. She, she, yeah, she she was writing in um, Aeolic Greek, which okay. spelling's a little different, and sometimes they use different words or whatever. Um, but it's oh man, it's so good, it's so good, and I just love this idea of like, okay, here comes Aphrodite because Sappho is praying to her, and she yokes up her chariot with sparrows because they're not mm-hmm. the goddess of love wouldn't have her chariot pulled by horses or rams or oxen or whatever no they're sparrows i'm going tweet 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 (laughs) 
racing across the earth. And it's like, oh my God, Sappho, again? You're, you're calling for my help again? Oh, who is it this time? Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And, and, and then that very last line, right? Um, uh, and, and be yourself my ally in love's battle. Like that's also that sort of like her her stylistic mark of using like warlike imagery to describe being in love. Um, it's so goddamn good. <laughs> that's fantastic. I really dig that. Yeah, it's so good. Um, this last one that I'd like to read uh, is also one of the ones that we have the most of, and is also very important for for some other reasons that I'll return to. Um, but this is called Sappho Thirty One. And again, pretty short and sweet. Um, okay. maybe, maybe this is the full thing. Maybe we're missing some stuff. Uh, but, but, but Sappho 31. That man, to me, seems equal to the gods. The man who sits opposite you and close by listens to your sweet voice and your enticing laughter. That indeed has stirred up the heart in my breast. For whenever I look at you, even briefly, I can no longer say a single thing. But my tongue is frozen in silence. Instantly, a delicate flame runs beneath my skin. With my eyes, I see nothing. My ears make a whirring noise. A cold sweat covers me. Trembling seizes my body. And I am greener than grass. Lacking but little of death do I seem. Oh, fuck. Isn't that good? So, like... If ever, because like, okay, so this poem was my experience from like sixth grade till junior year of college. <laughs> that was me. I was like, man, why are you talking to that guy? Why aren't you talking to me? And like my tongue is frozen and I, ha- and I have this weird, yeah, like kind of like hot, jealous Your flame. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I, am I, I kind of get like the like uh, uh, tinnitus in my ears. Oh, oh, it's so good, man. It's so good. I love that. I, oh, God damn. Like, but if that isn't it, like, yeah, your, your tongue kind of, I, I joke, I joke about like, I can't talk to a pretty girl. My tongue swells up and it's like, yeah, but. And here's a poem about that. Yeah. Like 2000 years ago. It's amazing. Literally like, God, we're the same. We're, we, we're, we're still the same. We're still the same 2,000 years later. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We haven't, for all of this, like, great bullshit that is humanity, we're the, we're the fucking same. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. I'm, like, touched. This is great. And that's and that's me. why Sappho, Holy yeah, that's shit, why Sappho dude. was yeah. amazing. Sappho was so goddamn good. Well, and, and, and here's where Sappho 31 is also, like, yeah, either important or, like, extra neat. Um, and, and this is even a callback to when I spilled all those potions and opened a portal to this like weird parallel universe podcast, Too Smart for the Room. Because Mark, you read a poem um, by a Roman love poet, Gaius uh, Valerius Catullus. Mm-hmm. And granted, that was a pretty naughty poem because he's talking it was about a very like naughty poem. Face fucking people. I will, I will sodomize you and face fuck you. <laughs> but yep. this same guy, this same guy, Catalyst, he also had a softer kind of side, I guess, if you will. Um, he wrote a poem that is based 
off of this that that that, that Sappho one that I just read, Sappho thirty one. So this is Catalyst fifty one. And so that like classicists get super horned up for this one because it's like, oh shit, like here's like these two cultures interacting and like here's a poem that this Roman dude wrote based upon what this Greek lady wrote um, and they get super excited about it. And so this is, this is Catalyst 51, uh, obviously based on Sappho 31 and the similarities will become apparent instantly. He seems to me to be equal to a God he, if it is permissible, seems to surpass the gods, who sitting opposite again and again watches and hears you, sweetly laughing, which rips out all senses from miserable me. For at the same moment mm. I look upon you, Lesbia, nothing is left for me, of my voice in my mouth, but my tongue grows thick. A thin flame runs down beneath my limbs, with her own sound, my ears ring, my lights, meaning eyes, are covered by twin night. Idleness is a troublesome thing for you, Catalyst. In idleness you revel and delight too much. Idleness has destroyed both kings and blessed cities before. Oh, fuck. And so here we see him. Yeah, God clearly damn. clearly inspired. God damn. Yeah, I know, damn. man. I know. So yeah, he's like clearly inspired by Sappho's poem. Clearly. Uh, but then he mixes it up. He changes like, okay, but now instead of talking about this unnamed, probably woman, um, uh, Catalyst uh, writes it to somebody that he was in love with, ironically enough, uh, named Lesbia. <laughs> Which, okay, weird, weird, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like weird, but again, I get it, kind of. Um, and, and, then, and then, yeah, and then there's also this like weird last stanza about idleness or something like that but 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 yeah it's just it's super cool it's super cool and and yeah people get rightly like that last stanza about idleness and it's like that's what makes nations fall and it's like you didn't talk to her you didn't say shit you didn't mention you didn't say it and you're fucked you've lost because now fucking biggest dickest maximus got your girl yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, and I'm still I'm still making my way through regular show and like goddamn Mordecai was just in the episode where he gets literally locked in the friend zone dimension just cuz he won't mm-hmm. make the move. He won't make the move on Margaret. And this asteroid voiced by uh Wayne Knight <laughs> oh, God. says says like no Mordecai, you are in the friend zone dimension because I too have been there. And and that's exact. So I think that's exactly both what the Sappho poem was about. Sappho was, um, yeah, she was like friend zoning her herself. Not okay. So not cock block, but uh, clam jam. She was she was like clam jamming herself. I guess. <laughs> yep. And then like Catalyst picked up that same theme and like ran with it. And uh, yeah, man, just 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 goddamn, it's so cool. It's so stinking cool. It's, I love it. It's great. Like, yeah. 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 So I, yeah. So Sappho is amazing and goddamn, I wish we had more of her stuff. Um, for whatever reason, if it just, if it just didn't get copied down in a manuscript, if people were intentionally destroying just, ah, damn, I wish we had more Sappho. Because to your point, Mark, yeah, what she wrote resonated with Catalyst, this like Roman poet. 
resonated with me, <laughs> resonated with you, resonates with all of us because we're all goddamn humans. Yeah. Yeah. Like 2000 something, whatever years later. And I know like listeners take a drink or, or take a drink. Yeah. Take a drink and throw in your bin- bingo cards. Like we get weird for shit that happened 2000 years ago, but goddamn here we are. Like, yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's just, it's just so cool. It's just so cool. Fan fucking tastic, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also I, point of order. Yes. Zeus is a lesbian, right? He's from, cause they put Zeus on Lesbos and that's where he was raised. Or am I wrong? Am I thinking I of God of War version of it? think i think he was on crete i think he oh, was, was in he a on cave crete? on okay. crete i think so. i thought he was on lesbos but whatever never mind well and this is the whole other thing so like they're so um a, a lot of times sappho's poetry are paired with this other poet and i even mentioned this dude's name um al alcius or, or alcius um and he was also a lyric poet and he was also from Lesbos. He lived there. And like he and Sappho were, oh. they were writing at the same time. They were probably like listening to each other's works. And so, yeah. So like he was a lesbian dude and he kind of has some love poems. Um, none of them have survived. What haven't survived instead is like a bunch of like war poetry and drinking poetry from Alcius, Al, 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 Um, but yeah, like, goddamn, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool to, like, be walking around like, hello, fellow lesbians. Hi, Alkeus. Sappho looking good. Hi, Alkeus. <laughs> or it's Steve Buscemi with, like, a crappy blonde wig. Yeah. What up, fellow lesbians? <laughs> yeah. All right, Alkeus. I'll, I'll write you. Huh? God, get out of here. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I was, I wondered, and I didn't, I don't know. Again, like, sometimes I get stuff real wrong because no, hey, no. god of war is god of war is life yeah it's a it, it is a yeah it, it is a certain reception of a lot of these yeah classical um uh sources and all that no not totally, <laughs> totally. one other sort of ancient greek thing that again maybe ends in a little bit of heartache um uh but mark i i i do think you know we've talked about a lot of stories about couples getting together and Sometimes when they shouldn't, and then they get bound up in a golden net. Sometimes yep. couples get together, and then they turn into like weird corpse monsters and chase you out of Yomi. But not every love story ends happily, and I think sometimes that's that's a part of it too. And so, what I'd like to sort of throw out there for you and for our listeners next is I've I've talked about curse tablets when we were doing our uh, Ode to Man Part Two and talking about at the Olympic Games, people would write on these uh, very thin sheets of lead, like a curse against their athletic opponents. It's like, oh yeah, I hope um, Fastocles eats shit in the 200 meter race or whatever. <laughs> and then you like Fast- bury him, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, <Get fucked. laughs> well, we also have, this was discovered um, in Pella, Northern Greece, ancient capital of Macedon, uh, hometown of Philip II and Alexander the Great, we found a curse tablet in Pella uh, in 1986, and this is called the Pella Curse Tablet. And this is, well, I don't even know if I want to give it any more uh, context. I'll just go ahead and read a translation of it. So this is the Pella Curse Tablet. 
And there are some parts that are kind of missing or hard to read or whatever, but, but this is what it is. <clears throat> of Thetima and, and Dionysophone, the ritual wedding and the marriage, I bind by a written spell. And of all other women, both widows and maidens, but of Thetima in particular, I entrust to Mekron and the Daimones. And only when I should dig up again and unroll and read this, that she might wed Dionysophone, but not before. For I wish him to take no other woman than me, and that I grow old with Dionysophone and no one else. I am your supplicant. Have pity on some name that's kind of garbled, dear Daimones, <laughs> For I am, again, some name that's kind of garbled, of all my dear ones, and I am abandoned. But guard this for my sake, so that these things do not happen, and wretched Thetima perishes miserably, but that I become happy and blessed. So this Pella curse tablet was written by some poor woman uh, to, like, stop a Jolene from taking her man. <laughs> that's that that's what it is she's like god damn holy shit fatima and her fucking skanky ass taking my dionysophone <laughs> <laughs> like and just as a reminder so like how these things worked is like you write your curse out and you fold it up and you uh yeah like bind it or like drive a nail through it and you bury it or you drop it down a well, or you do something like that. So like the like daimones, the like kind of deities under the ground, um, will like help you do this thing. And it's interesting too that like so so she names this guy. This is in line two. She says, I entrust to Macron. Maybe this bitch even like dropped it in some dude's grave, some dude named Macron. And it's like Cause who's what is Macron? I feel like Macron's a thing, and maybe I'm like so, throwing shit together where it doesn't belong. But that's a, Macron's a name, right? Like yeah, it's a, yeah, not a like deity, but it's like a chief character deity or some shit, right? So, so, so this at least this little footnote says that Macron is most probably the name of the dead man in whose grave the tablet was deposited. Okay, maybe he was a rel. Maybe he was a relative of the girl who wrote this. And we don't even know who this woman is. Like, like maybe... So in one of the kind of garbled names, there's this word, uh, Dagina. Maybe that was her name, but we don't see that name appear elsewhere. We don't see other people named that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a different thing. So we don't even know who this girl is, but she just did not fucking want <laughs> Theotima uh, to take her man. <laughs> And like, look at how brutal, look at how brutal this last line or the second to last line is. Uh, so, so yeah, so, so guard for my sake that these things do not happen, that she doesn't marry him and wretched Fatima perishes miserably. Look at this guy. <laughs> but is, I hate that fucking is. bitch, Becky. I hope that. Yeah. Fucking yeah. dies in a car fire. Yeah. That's what this is. <laughs> Get fucked, Fatima, you stupid cow. 
that, that's oh man and so also like as beautiful and moving as that Sappho poetry was and how closely we were related to that like I've been there where it's like oh I'm gonna ask this girl to the prom oh wait somebody else did you stupid motherfucking fucking fucking friend. And so I've been there too. <laughs> but that's it. That's it too. Cause like, dude, fucking even 2000 years ago or whatever, 25, whatever. It's like mm-hmm. Sappho was like making our fucking hearts real. And at the same time, you got this fucking bitch. She's like, Oh, fucking Becky dies in a goddamn tire fires. Like, man, <laughs> Greeks were fucking writing on their bathroom walls. You no, know, if they had fucking telephone numbers, it would have been like, call, you know, like, Call for a good time, like right? No, it's oh my god! Fatima it, no, it is. is a fat bitch who sucks dick, and you saw that in every like, it was on every fucking like bathroom stall in every girl's room in Greece. It's like oh, oh you man, know it's it, Fatima. Man. Oh, she's a real fucking cow, huh? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah. It, fuck it, her, huh? Oh yeah. And yeah, and so that's just it. Like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, except now, yeah. Instead of like on a like sheet of like lead that you're going to drop in yeah a dead guy's grave um no this is what like teenage girls are uh like tweeting at each other or uh like getting on tiktok or whatever be like this this bitch (laughs) (laughs) so maybe i'm misreading your point here but i think josh what you're saying is we need to return to form get off tiktok get off this shit right fucking Write your love notes and throw them into some dead guy's like grave and hope for the best. Yeah, or and like he can like take them down to Tartarus and like yeah, he'll the get word. shit yeah. done. Yeah, he'll get you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, exhume some dude's yeah like corpse, drop it in your town's water supply. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> reject modernity, embrace tradition. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so, you know, maybe I, I was just going to very briefly also, again, give shout outs to the actual guy, because this is sort of guiding this two-part episode, right? Hundreds of years later, there were, there were several martyrs who went by this name, but there, of course, was a St. Valentine who mm-hmm. uh, is commemorated his Saints Day is February fourteenth. That's why we're here. I just also want to. I just also want to shout out the like on top of, you know, being associated with courtly love and um, uh, testifying to Christianity and all this other stuff. Uh, he is also the patron saint of epilepsy and beekeepers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking saints, Josh. Fucking saints. I know. I love them. And and I know that you have been cooking up something special that I won't ruin. Maybe instead of like uh, Jared's diamonds or buying a, a new car or going... You know what? Say like, honey, I love you so much. Uh, I set up a beehive in the backyard. Every kiss begins with bees. <laughs> <laughs> you know like what if yeah what if what if we do that what if we i mean we've already uh we're gonna face like crazy like 
pollination crisis because we keep goddamn killing these bees. So this St. Valentine's Day, do it. Commit with your significant other. Get a, get a beehive. Become apiists. And again, reject modernity. Embrace tradition. <laughs> Write your shit on a lead tablet. Throw it into the grave of a dead man. And or woman. Call down the gods. But at the same time, hey man, if that dog keeps humping your leg, maybe it's not your like aunt's fucking overly horny chihuahua. No, it's Zeus and he's here and he wants to give you his love. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and and, and we we didn't even, again, this could be, this like could have been an entire month of like, we could have gotten into Lupercalia. We could have gotten into like some crazy Norse stuff. Oh, I bet we get into it next week. I bet we, we get into well, it like well, okay. literally next week. Literally the festival of rabbits and fucking hell yeah. Like, hell, okay, so yeah. so perfect because we are we are running running at about our time here. And so and so yes, I have I have a whole lot more prepared. Mark, I know that now that you see the direction where I'm going, I bet there's a thing or two that you want to like bring to the table. Oh, uh, I reckon so. Uh uh open up that little ring box and say, "Oh, Mark, is it really? Yes, Josh, it is. It is Crowley and Ritual Sex Magic, Josh. Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. A thousand times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but listeners, do you just, you hang tight for episode number two in this two-parter, but also tell us what you thought about episode number one. Um, what are some of your, like, Valentine's Day memories if you feel like you're in a place to share with us um are you just as um like smitten with sappho as we are uh have you actually tried some of these things from the kama sutra where like oh uh uh yeah jamba juice can i get a cucumber and indian eggplant and can i get that to go are you taking ashwagandha let us know (laughs) Yes. Because I am. <laughs> and we want to know. Because also, like the Kama Sutra, we want to open up this conversation. And don't be ashamed. Don't let these, like, Puritans continue to, like, literally, like, uh, uh, yeah, shut, shut down this conversation. <laughs> we want we want to open it up. St. Valentine's Day 2022, sure, it's already passed by the time you've heard this, but it's not one day. It's a whole, whole year, entire year, St. Valentine's Day. And we're going to get this started. You can tell us. You can tell us what you're going to do uh, a couple different ways. You can send an email to wizardspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at twowizardspodc1. I'm on Twitter at plaidbarbarian. Mark's on Twitter. How can people find you there? You can find me on Twitter at Marky Stardust. You can find Two Wizards on Instagram at Two Wizards Podcast. And I think that's all of our shit. Yeah. Yeah. By all means, also check out our sister podcast, Dangle Podcast. Doing great stuff. The Dangle Podcast. Yeah. Weekly podcast where me and my good buddy Johnny discuss two episodes of The King of the Hill and talk about the goods and bads and highs and lows and see if it holds up. And Josh, not this week, but I want to say next week, we have a. I want to say a tangentially related love episode if I'm doing oh, my timing okay. right. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. King of the Hill has some really weird episodes in terms of love. So yeah, check us yeah, out there, guys. You can think of the Two Wizards podcast as Izanagi, and the Dingle podcast as Izanami. We're siblings that are also married, and we're going to birth all these uh, an, an entire podcast pantheon. 
getting started right here and you listening to us are a part of that. You're part of that. And that's a part of that. You are part of the ever looping wheel of King of the Hill that you think you watched this episode and you liked it, but then you watched it again and you didn't, but you did, but you don't remember. That's just fucking Izanagi, baby. That's what it is. There it is. There it is. Also, join us in three weeks' time when I make Josh watch all of Naruto with me for uh, Two Ninjas yeah. podcast. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Um, have a bottle of wine. Get, get, get wine drunk with us. That's also great, too. Boy, I know I sure did. <laughs> My name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. My name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. We love you all more than ever tonight, guys. We love you all, everyone. Take care, everybody. Good night. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah!